us at the podcast wanted to show our gratitude and what we did this weekend was collect about a hundred cans from family friends and went out to go buy uh, the perishable products and we're here to d- donate it directly to your drive. So we actually wanted to show you yeah. <laughs> what we collected so far. You're lying. Uh, can you see it? Can, I'm can, really can. gonna cry. Bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, to the AO Chill Podcast. Yo me llamo Beto. Yo me llamo Flo. And welcome to our Cinco de Mayo Podcast Special. Si, bienvenidos to the podcast where we talk about community, music, sports, our own mini segments, and our main topic, which today is why you have terrible friends. But before we get into all of that, let's jump into this week's first special segment. Pa arriba, pa abajo, pa centro, pa dentro. So in the spirit of the holiday, we are making this week's podcast into a drinking game. So what we what will we be drinking to, you might be asking. Flo and I have been trying really hard to call each other by our show names, but we're having a little bit of a rough time adjusting to the podcast life. Mm-hmm. So every time we refer to each other, by our real names Florian for Flo or Luis or Lewis uh, for me you guys will be having to take a sip or a shot please drink responsibly and if you are of age yeah it could be a shot of water it could be a shot of tequila any type of alcohol or whatever you want to drink tonight anything to celebrate the special holiday we have but first we're gonna teach you uh what that toast even means so parriba which is short for para arriba literally translates to for up and at this point you would lift your drinks in the air and touch them together if it's a shot glass or a beer bottle Parajo mm-hmm. literally translate to for down would touch the bottom of your glass bottle or whatever to the table, just gesturing it to the uh, down. Pa centro literally translates to four centers. So you're going to uh, touch uh, the center of your beer bottles or like basically just put your drinks yeah, in yeah, the just center. Click right? them all together. And pa dentro literally translates to four inside. So that's when you drink. So we'll give all you listeners a moment to uh, grab your uh, favorite shot or your favorite drink um, or bottle of water. Yeah, okay? just whatever you want to sip on. No hate, no hate. <laughs> all right. And you're going to go ahead and do uh, the cheers with us. So we'll give you a second. All right. <laughs> so. Cracking open the bottle. Crack open the bottle. <laughs> all right, guys. This one's for y'all. Ready? Pa arriba, pa abajo, pa centro, pa dentro. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right, guys. And that will take us into our next segment that you all know as Ayo Chill. Starting off this week's news, you have Takashi69. We've talked about Takashi69 so much these past couple of weeks, but this this man's just an interesting story to just keep on the looking second at. Second he got out of jail. <laughs> so he recently posted up on Instagram, I believe it was his story. One of those emojis with the tongue out, you know, kind of sideways, May 8th. And that could only mean one thing new music new music may 8th and actually if we're talking about single de mayo three days from now right right, is when the new music will come out so hopefully it's lit i'm really down for it i'm surprised he didn't want to release it on On like today you know today so 
And also, in more recent news that I just read um, while we're recording this, the judge has given given him permission to record music videos in his oh, backyard. Oh, it's lit. So you already know what that means. It's literally. Gonna, oh, man. It's going to be great. Literally, we're talking about it. Let, let's just review what what has gone on in his life so far. Okay. He was a nobody, mm-hmm. joined a gang, became a famous music star, was releasing hits, which wasn't, I mean, like. All bops. All bops. You all know bops. what I mean? When it comes to, like, pop, hip-hop music, mm-hmm. like. All bops, even some Spanish songs, goes to jail, snitches on all of his friends, is like, like, could have went to jail for life for the things he did. Yeah. Is out of prison early now, <laughs> chilling in his house, and now he's releasing new music and shooting videos in his backyard. Legally. In the middle, illegally, Legally. in the middle of a pandemic. This guy is a character, man. I'm just, I'm excited to see how, how much more he could do. <laughs> In other news, we have now, um, they're saying that in Jersey, I mean, specifically for us, and I think around the country, uh, more businesses are getting, um, are, are moving with the times and are, are moving with the pandemic. And obviously, everybody's trying to prepare for what is going on now. So they're saying that pop-up drive-in movie theaters could be coming to New Jersey as soon as the lockdown is lifted. What is your take on that? Honestly, I go to the one in Warwick. Uh, yeah. I take that drive, and I think it's, amazing i love doing that kind of stuff so if they uh start doing that in new jersey i i'm all for it yeah i'm all for it too i think it's so cool it's a very simple like a pretty much setup you just have to have everybody um i mean everybody stays in the car mm-hmm. uh you put on I, sometimes there's an app you could connect if you have bluetooth with the car or sometimes they have fm transmissions yes you know for everybody that's close so that's just such a cool idea and thing to do and it's interesting to see how maybe some movie theaters might um transition with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah my brand off with this you know if they don't have enough space in there yeah no i'm with it, that put it outside and i don't know i guess in this day and age it's kind of be interesting too to see like how they keep people from stealing or like sneaking in you know like what's stopping somebody from just like sitting far away and just like being on their phone and logging into the app well maybe I, maybe you have to put in your code from your ticket or something like that i mean yeah i mean like the, like they do in warwick the radio frequency is like very low like you have to be in the area for it yeah. to, uh connect so i i guess we'll see how it works we'll see yeah how it goes. And, but, but i know they actually have um an app too and oh. I, I actually, what I did is kind of like, I wanted better um, audio quality since I, like, I'm really addicted to the audio engineering and yeah, everything. Right. So I use their app and my card doesn't have a Bluetooth, but I bought like a Bluetooth transmitter mm-hmm. and not the crappy ones that you actually connect through FM because then it's just like, you know, the same like, thing. there's no point. So um, I did it through the app, put put the Bluetooth in. And then I was I was streaming like that, and the audio quality is just like a million times better. Well, the Pentagon did release footage, so oh. basically there was a U, uh, UFO uh, sighting in North Carolina, and basically classic thing: lights up in the sky. Mm-hmm. They couldn't tell what it was. It it moved up, it moved down, it moved left, and moved right, like like every other UFO uh, UFO sighting people right. have been seeing. Um, I mean, I think. Th- it, it, it always comes with, like, whenever people see a UFO or they think they see a UFO or whenever there's talk of aliens in the news, these stories pop more and more off. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised, you know, that with the UFO, what I'm more concentrated on is the UFO footage that the Pentagon released. And, you know, it's not new footage. I mean, it's new. It's a new new footage part of a series of things that they released recently. Right. And it's basically um, 
and they had these jets up in the sky and they were tracking this thing and following it and i finally saw it and, and it's crazy and, and listening to the recordings and the reactions of the pilots when they saw this it's kind of just surreal because they have no idea what it is they're like what is that you know it's like that's oh, yeah, things yeah. moving too fast those moving slow oh like so i don't know do you well, believe in this yeah, i was gonna ask you the same thing do you believe in aliens i don't know man i don't know i i i i, I, I kind of i believe that there's life outside of this earth i just don't know if it's like as smart as us i don't know i mean I, all i could say is that i believe with such a big universe that that there is we can't be the only things that are living yeah i mean i feel the same way in the sense too like i think this universe is just too huge for us to be alone and mm -hmm. i mean if there were aliens to come through was good. Let's get it popping. Let's get it popping. In other news, deadly murder hornets have come to North America per TMZ. Fuck out of here. Yo, I'm not scared of 2020 is ass. 2020 is ass. I'm calling it a dub right here, right now. Episode four of the podcast. Cinco de Mayo special. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm terrified of bees, bro. I will say it I here. I know you are. I don't like flying stuff and bees. I'm okay. It just comes from not being stung by one ever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was just always just been like hard that it's like terrible. And then like, you know, like these bees, like, I mean, I understand why they do it. You know, they're just protecting their hive or whatever. Yeah. But then you have the bees that are like just the type of bees that like they sting you and they die. It's like a suicide job, right? And then you have wasps, way to go. which are just assholes. And they could sting you as much as they want. And they'll just like the fuck your day, yep. basically. I'm not with that. I'm not <laughs> with that. And then having these. Okay. So TMZ says here that these Asian hornets can tear up an entire bee colony. So regular bee colonies, the ones that make dope-ass honey, mm -hmm. the ones that just... Are, all the, some chill dudes. The, bad, the worst thing they could do is just be really scary and really loud. I don't like that, okay. right? So apparently they go into other colonies is hives, mm -hmm. and they decapitate their heads with their jaws, and they feed the thorax of the bee they killed to their young. What the hell, man? Yo, these Asian hornets, gangster. They different. They, they, they different. different. They different, and I'm not with it. I, I, no, thank you. If you come up in my hood, <laughs> <laughs> it's hands. It's it's over. That's all I'm going to say. Get the, get that, uh, what is the raid? The raid spray? Get I'm that grabbing on deck. all the raid. On I'm grabbing deck. everything on deck if I see you pop up. so <laughs> It's on site. So, moving on into sports news, I'll have Flo take it away. All right. In sports news, uh, before I get into my main uh, discussion today, I just want to say to the Cowboys organization, why? Why did you guys sign Andy Dalton? I don't like him. Is he a good backup? Yes. I just... You're wasting money. Anyway, after I, I got my little rant. All right. Out. You, got, you got that. You got that. I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. <laughs> Uh, football and Super Bowl champ Laurent Duvernay Tardif. I am sorry if I pronounced that last name wrong. We really got to work on the pronunciation. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> he goes from being the first line of defense for Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, to fighting on the front lines of the COVID 19 pandemic. That's crazy. So, this uh, Chiefs guard 
won the Super Bowl about three months ago and to celebrate went on vacation with his girlfriend. But when he returned back to his home in Canada, everything had changed. So the Super Bowl took place in February when mm-hmm. things got like really crazy uh, around March and stuff like that. Yeah. So after spending 14 days in quarantine, he knew he had to put his medical training into into practice. He graduated with a um, doctorate of medicine in 2018. Mm-hmm. So he saw that Canada, the can the Canadian Health uh, Ministry launched a campaign to recruit health and medical professionals and students. And he was actually one of the first people to sign up once he saw it. He was uh, assigned to a long-term care facility an hour away from his hometown in Montreal, working the nursing role uh, as he did not complete his residence uh, part of the program. So, like, when it comes to nursing school or uh, any medical profession, when you want to do stuff and practice medicine, Mm -hmm. there's, like, the books and the classes, and then you also have to do, like, hands-on like going to nursing homes going to hospitals and doing it yeah yeah. i think it's called like their practical or something yeah it's like uh um i can't remember what it's exactly called but he didn't complete that part because then he went into the nfl Mm -hmm. so he was given that position to like a a nursing role where he helps like a nurse's aide kind of thing yeah like bedside and he does that and uh when he was talking to uh i believe it was sports illustrated he said that his first day he was nervous but it was kind of like a good nerves and it felt like the super bowl uh, but he said the big difference was playing the big game and fighting a deadly virus. Back in February, he knew that millions of people uh, were looking at him and he wanted to win. But when you are going in to help, it's more about your duty as a doctor and a citizen. It's not time to be the hero and impulsive. Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible to... I mean, big round of applause for that guy. I mean, like, when, you, when you're a, a sports superstar, you know, like... And, and uh, Jesus Christ, you win the Super Bowl, the big, the biggest, the biggest event in the United States, really in sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, until soccer takes <laughs> over. Until soccer takes over. I'm sorry. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. <laughs> but I mean, putting putting all of that into practice and putting yourself aside. I mean, he could have easily, easily just donated money. You know, donated just like a money. lot of athletes. Yeah, are. Like, just like a lot of athletes are. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's with good intentions, that's great. But basically, he's taking his knowledge, knowing that he could do more mm-hmm. than just donate money. Like if I could volunteer at a hospital and if I had any type of experience and I would actually be helping with the knowledge that I'm doing, I would go and do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I'm going to school for a sound engineering. So I mean, like, besides I don't know if they need the speakers fixed in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's basically all I'm good for there. But I will be I'm in, in my in my like way of helping, you know, donating money, donating food, uh, making sure I'm taking my, my part in social distancing is how we help, you know? Yeah. And so, he, he uh, he's actually one of the very few people who practice uh, anything in the medical profession who joined the NFL. I think he's actually the second or third person in like the last 50 or so years. So for him to study that, go into the NFL and actually take his time and come back into the real world and kind of just put it all there. And he and he like he posted something on Instagram and stuff like a long thing, a picture of him and his like uh, scrubs and all that. And he said this is not nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with everyone else who does this every day. So he's making a big like impact in the sports world and in, like regular community. Mm-hmm. And of course, I I feel I feel that it's it's so hard. I don't think it's hard to be humble is what I'm trying to say. But I feel like. 
it's great that he's not trying to put the focus on himself and the praise. Right. But it's also great that, you know, it this is being put out and he has a platform. It's, yeah, it's 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 a it's a good way to show like what like the best thing you could do be doing, like what the greatest people should be doing. Yeah. And uh do we know what uh position he played on he the was a, he was a guard. He was an offensive guard for uh Chiefs. What a what a what a perfect what a perfect position, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, he protecting, was protecting his quarterback, yeah, mm-hmm, protecting, mm-hmm, protecting these people, people now. That's yeah, great. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, big kudos to uh how do you pronounce his name? Laurent. 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 Uh, uh his last name, Duvernay Tardif. Once again, he's probably not listening, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely sorry. And now moving on to our next segment, music topics with Beto. So this week I was looking up different stories to put up and obviously you have a lot of things in the media that are talking about uh, raising money for people who can't perform because it's, it's really not too much about the big performers out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they have money and, you know, even seeing some of these artists, they're just jet skiing, they're just still living your life. Yeah, We're yeah. talking about the the lower bottom tier, the everyday DIY artist who's traveling around, the people who are working in these arenas and this is their full-time job, and you're thinking about when is concerts going to come back? That's really the bottom of the barrel. We've talked about it. Right. It's the last thing really considered essential because it's just entertainment. So Denmark has actually found a way to do these concerts, and they're actually the first country, I think, uh, in these times to do a drive-in concert. A driving concert. A driving concert. So basically, like a driving movie theater, right? But a concert. Hmm, that's strange. So let me tell you how this all worked out. So there's this uh, popular singer in uh, Denmark called Mads uh, Langer. Um, again, sorry if I butchered the name. But he wanted to perform at a drive. He, well, he had the idea of, of performing at a drive-through event, and there's a newly constructed venue that was made just outside of the city uh, the, uh, of this Danish city of our house. And within six days, six no, a uh, six days notice, mm-hmm. they set up the show and they sold five hundred tickets. And apparently, the show was super successful. So basically, really? how it worked is. They had this large parking lot type venue that was made. <clears throat> and it looks like, at the picture I'm looking at, at, it looks like it's on an incline. And then you have the front of this of the show, of the stage. Right. You know, and he's just performing like regular. And I'm not necessarily sure if they had all the speakers set up going to all the cars. But you could actually listen to the concert through FM radio. Oh, so, so it's people, exactly like a, a drive-in so movie theater. So it's basically like a drive-in movie theater, huh, but just with the concert. And it's very interesting because, I mean, like, I'm looking at this picture, and the people who are in the front row definitely got a show, you know? definitely. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my big question for that is, you know, when you go to concerts, especially, like, I don't I don't know what type of music this man made, but, uh, like, you know, you go to dance, or, like, even... Any, I don't think, honestly, any uh, genre of music you go to, you're going to want to dance, jump around, and even, like, mosh pits and stuff like that, and it kind of takes away from it, so... I don't know how exactly you enjoy it to the fullest. You know, it's it's just interesting because I assume like people at the moment are just wanting to get out. And with concerts being on the bottom of the barrel with entertainment, anything live venue events being at the bottom of a barrel of stuff that's considered essential, you know, I think people will make it work. And apparently they have here in the article as well that people were very respectful. They stayed in their cars. They bought, um, there were food trucks out. So like when they, when they, if they left their cars to go like, you know, buy something, right. The food trucks were there. They just stayed out like six feet apart and it, it ended up being a really successful um, event. And even there was another event that they did, um, 
at another place and they said that they only had 50 people there but it was also a very successful event that event just wasn't a, a professional event it was kind of like a makeshift event that happened there but i think it's i think it's awesome and i think it's it's it would be cool to maybe transform some of our venues like that until we could start getting this you know things back to normal um and i don't know if it would necessarily come to california or the united states soon of course we're dealing with all these protests right now yeah but i honestly don't think any venue would want to deal with any of the lawsuits like if People like, didn't that, that would come if like imagine you go to a concert and just because they're like fuck it, it uh, come at your own risk and somebody gets coronavirus at a concert mm -hmm. then everybody at that concert That's needs just to get tested, yeah, you know yeah. so would you go if they opened up yes, here yes I, I, I would i wouldn't even think about it twice i would now would i pay full price that's difficult because you're, you're missing half the experience like i said you're missing half the experience but then also you got to think about the workers and uh it, it it's rough i don't think they would be able to charge i mean what would they charge by where you park your car right you know and assume there's no general admission you know right um, it, it would be hard it'd be it'd be definitely hard and then i you think about logistic problems like how do you keep the people from just getting out of their car and just uh standing in front i guess you would have security and then just like you would get kicked out if you leave your car right that was the I, yeah i mean like it's it's kind of hard to think of uh, how I could sit like because a concert could go for what about like two hours, three hours, and just sitting in my car for like three hours long, and I'm and like not able to just like when I because when I listen to music, man, I love to jump around, you know that, and for me to go to a concert and not have that ability to just jump and like sing like obviously you sing along, but like you know just do those things you do at a concert, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy it as much, and I don't I wouldn't pay that kind of money. I would just listen on like Apple Music, Spotify. Mm -hmm. Maybe rent out a truck, <laughs> <laughs> like an RV, and yeah, just like run around an RV the and just like run around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I think I think it's definitely an interesting way about going about all this. And like I said, like maybe this becomes more popular, and and who knows? Maybe this also like it's not even about just having like you know one big show, but having multiple smaller shows. You know, I think mm -hmm. this is a, a big opportunity for performers to really just perform even more. It's just going to be interesting to see how this all goes. Oh, really. yeah, definitely interesting. So I'd like to see how it goes and you can keep us updated with that. Moving on to our next topic, community, where we had the absolute pleasure to interview the person who this week's story is on. So I'll let the interview speak for itself. Welcome to our very first AO Chill interview. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here on our Cinco de Mayo special. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Now, our list listeners at home know at this segment, this is where we shout out amazing people who are doing incredible things in our community. And I got to, and we would just want to get to know you better. And I have Lewis here who's going to. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Who's gonna? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the listeners had oh. to take a drink. Okay, sorry. A little did you know is that I got this, nervous. The Cinco de Mayo um special that we have, we have a little drinking game involved. Where if he calls oh. me oh, not I by call my Luis. host name, mm. he he's called me Luis. It's Bethel, right? People have to take a drink. Sorry for anybody who's playing at this point. <laughs> we just want to apologize, but not really. I have my co-host here, Beto. Mm. He's ready to ask you some questions to better know you and how your food drive started. Awesome, Molly. So the first thing I want to have you do is if you could, if you could just uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more of where you're from and a little about what you do. 
Okay, well, first of all, my name is Molly Freeman. Some people know me as Molly Free. That's my artist name. And um, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter from Central Jersey, if you believe that Central New Jersey is a thing, because it Ooh, is. It no. is <laughs> no, but for real. So yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter, background singer, all that good stuff. And yeah, and basically, I want to say a week ago, my mom, who is a teacher, has been a teacher for like a long time at Monroe Township High School, had worked specifically with kids who have special needs, high school age, like I said. She's done a lot of work with this specific food cupboard, the Deacon's Food Cupboard. It's located in the back of a Presbyterian church in Jamesburg, which is kind of like Monroe, Jamesburg. It's kind of like the same town. It's kind of like the same thing as like I live in Manalpin, Manalpin, English town, kind of like almost the same town. Um, long story short, and she said she kept getting emails um, that basically due to COVID-19 and the pandemic that they were in dire need and an extreme high demand of non-perishables and that, you know, like with full bold exclamation, like they, they need these things. They, they don't, they do not have the resources to get and source out to all these families. So, you know, I'm out of work right now, unfortunately, um, like so many other people. And, but I'm really blessed that, you know, like I, you know, have roof over my head. I can have the opportunity of eating three meals a day. And I said, you know what, I'm kind of sick of, you know, not sick of seeing all these amazing stories on the news and stuff. I'm inspired by them. But I said, you know what, like, I'm just going to get on my feet and, you know, kind of make my own project, my own service project. So I created the freeze freeze food job. I couldn't say that for a second. <laughs> well, it's absolutely inspirational what you're doing right now. We really appreciate anybody really just taking their time and just finding a source in the community where they could help. A lot of people are just sitting down at home and they're not really sure what to do. And at a time, uh, I felt the same way. Uh, I was kind of thinking when this all started, wow, how can I really go out there? It's not like, you know, we're able to dress up in PPE uh, gear and just go to the hospitals and help out. And it's not like like, you, all of a sudden, like, we could just help, you know, the grocery stores on the side. They need people who are knowing what they're doing, are familiar with the systems. And so even we talked about on community, the possibility of donating blood and uh, doing other things like donating food. And that's why we are so inspired by what you're doing now. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about how your system works and uh, how people could get involved? So basically, I did just start. So right now, we are kind of... I'm I'm kind of still just in the promoting process, you know. I'm really lucky a lot of people are sharing the flyer that I made and I actually have gotten a couple drop-offs and fortunately, you know, if you know, let's say you're not in the Monmouth County or Middlesex County area, which is realistically where I'm able to drive to feasibly, where I could do a pickup drop-off type situation of um off someone's front porch. Venmo exists nowadays. Um, there are electronic gift cards. I already had someone send me a gift, a $25 gift card to ShopRite, which is beyond generous. And that amount is not even that necessary to buy a couple canned goods. I had someone Venmo me $4, $5. The day, this day and age we live in, you don't even need to physically, you know, um, drop the canned goods at my porch or nor do I need to pick them up. So if, you know, it's a matter of you don't feel comfortable, you want to stay safe in your own home, that's okay. You can, you know, send me three, four dollars and I can go get, I can go mask up, 
you know, like put my gloves on and, you know, I can go be that person that takes the risk and I'm fine with that. You know, like I can take my own precautionary measures and then go get those goods. Um, like I said, though, you know, still in the promoting kind of stage, but I'm looking forward to this week. I kind of um, have, I'm reaching out and it looks like I'm going to be doing a couple of those pickups and uh, a couple people are planning on their drop-offs this week. So I'm hoping that by next week I can make my first full drop-off to the food cupboard. So yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah. And it, it's so, again, so admirable that you would even put yourself, you know, on these front lines of going to the grocery stores and, you know, doing this cause is just so great. And, you know, you talked a little bit before about how you said um, the church is saying that because of this crisis, uh, it, it, they're really seeming that they're not having enough food to feed the people who are in need. Do you really think that Corona, the coronavirus has had that much of an impact or is it just more people are coming out for food or what do you really think it is? Well, absolutely. I think, I think the issue is two things. I mean, A, if you have a ton of people that are out of work and they're also, you know, not able to collect unemployment that they're not receiving yet, then A, they might literally not be able to afford it, um, like afford food. Um, plain and simple, that could be, you know, A. B, the bigger issue, I think this is the main issue happening, actually. This should have been my A. <laughs> I think the biggest issue is that we have people who are fortunate, um, lower middle class or even just middle class to upper middle class who do not need to be cleaning out these grocery stores who are cleaning out the grocery stores every time. So then these food cupboards and food kitchens that want to go and get the canned goods that they need don't have the opportunity to because people are cleaning out the grocery stores. Essentials are essentials. I don't think that's what people are understanding. When you go to your grocery store, make your grocery trip, get what you need. The grocery stores are going to stock up and bring in more stuff. We don't need to stock up for, you know, aliens are not about to come in and apocalypse is not about to happen as scary as these times are. And I do understand that fear, you know, not to go on, but I'm only regurgitating what's been on the news, you know, that people just are cleaning out kind of the stores. Yeah, and it's just a question I want to ask because, you know, a lot of people, they think, oh, well, you know, the food drives have always been okay. The pantries have always been fine. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, you know, not as many people have lost jobs in my town. Or some people are not even as educated just to know how many people are actually, you know, dependent on these food banks to feed their kids, their families, you know, people who come regularly. Um, So... We really thank you for answering all those questions. I'm gonna let Florian uh flow. Ah, people are gonna drink. <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Flo take on the rest of this. All right. Well, Molly, uh, we wanted to show you that you inspired us very much working hard to put on the drive and how warm and generous um for you giving back your time. Thank um you. so us at the podcast wanted to show our gratitude and what we did this weekend was collect about a hundred cans from family friends and went out to go buy uh, the 
perishable products and we're here to d- donate it directly to your drive. So we what? actually wanted to show you yeah. <laughs> what we collected so far. You're lying. Can you see it? Can, I'm can really going to cry. So we have about 100, 100 plus perishable, uh, non-perishable <laughs> items that you can see right over here. We have a bag of rice. We bought a whole bunch of uh, vegetables, canned uh, fruits, pastas. I mean, we have, right we have rigatonis here and this is all going to go directly to your drive we can set it up after this and talk to you about how we'll drop it off and stuff like that oh my god oh my my god i'm literally i'm so blown away by you too and and anyone that donated oh oh my god thank you so much Oh, thank you for putting your time and effort to this drive. We no, really thank you so it. much. I think this is a perfect way to end our segment here. But before we end our segment here, oh, our single the mile segment here, we just wanted, uh, is there anything that you wanted to say or did you want to promote? And also go ahead and leave your socials, anything you wanted to oh, go ahead and say. Oh my God. I'm just like, thank you so much. Like, oh my God. Like, talk about like you guys are sitting here like thanking me like telling me I'm inspiring like that is like more than I've done so far like I can't even believe that like oh my god like I like have like chills right now (laughs) so cool (laughs) but um oh my god that's crazy and um I'm like shaking but yeah I mean really I think the most important thing that I don't even really care to share my social media because it's like not about that. Like, I just think that, frankly, it does not take a lot to just do a little, you know, you don't have to do this whole big thing to make a change, you know, like, as cliche as it sounds like change really can just be like a little, little bites here and there. So I guess that's just where I'll leave it. And like, Thank you so much. Like, I'm literally, like, crying over here. Like, I cannot even, like, I can't even believe that. Like, that's crazy. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, Well, honestly, God. thank you so much. If it, if it wasn't for you even starting this, we wouldn't have even had the idea to start doing this. And again, I'm very sure the people of your community are thanking you. The biggest thing, the people who are, you are do- donating this to are going to be super grateful. And we're just, we're just happy that we are, get to be a part of your journey and bringing this to other I'm people. Like, I'm just like blown away by you. <laughs> I can't even look at you guys. <laughs> like <laughs> Molly, we wish you the best of luck. And we just want to thank you for being the light in the dark during through uh, going through this time right now. No, thank you. And thanks for having me seriously. Um yeah, this was great and oh my God, more than more than I could have asked for. Like what the hell? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks again, Molly. And that was Community with with (laughs) AOG. What an absolute amazing interview. Definitely a pleasure and an honor to speak to her and about her uh, cause. And you can follow her on Instagram at Molly Friedman. Her Instagram is M-O-L-L-I-E-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. You can follow her and definitely click on her link and check out her music. It is up on Spotify, Apple, everything. She put out an album called Q-O-L and it's just an amazing journey of crazy, crazy harmonies and just this she's just so creative and awesome so it was a pleasure yeah pleasure give her a follow doing. support her content and support her drive that she's doing so now we're moving into our main, main topic, topic of the evening which is uh why you have terrible friends 
Why, why do you have terrible friends, Florian? I don't know, Louis. You want to tell me why I have terrible I friends? <laughs> I'm one of your friends, bro. Oh, wait, we are friends. <laughs> so, for our main topic, uh, the idea was just to talk about the journey between the major parts of our lives, you know, from middle school to high school to what we're living to now and looking to see where our friendship have developed through all these different uh, stages and a lot of people are going to have uh different stories some some people have had the same group of friends since they were little with mm -hmm. no changes or they just added on people or very few people have left some people have left whole friend groups through middle school high school and then even to now maybe it's completely changed right so i wanted to start off uh this kind of open discussion with what makes a good friend to you a good friend to me is someone that I could rely on, you know, big or small, even like I never like, oh, I need a ride here or can I borrow some money? You know, that could be an aspect to it, but more of just like, you know, you're feeling down. You just need someone to talk to or someone just to pick you up and make you laugh for just 30 seconds, pick up that phone call or whatever, send you a funny gift or text and can genuinely just make you feel happy. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said. Um, for me, I think a good friend is one who is trying to help you develop as a person. You know, in this journey of life that we have, we are never going to stop growing as people. And I, I, I would hate to see someone not grow into what they believe they could be, the best person they could be. And so... A friendship is really a relationship you have with somebody, right? Um, and obviously, I don't mean like a romantic relationship, but a relationship. And for me, a good friend is there's a couple of basic things. Like I said, lifting you up, you know, helping you develop and grow as a person, a person who doesn't lie. Um, that's a big thing. And a person who really just has your back, is honest with you, is genuine with you, and is just like spreads these qualities and helps each other you know is, is helping you uh project these qualities and you're trying to help that person project those qualities now not all friends are gonna be in your life equally you're obviously gonna have friends who are closer some friends who are a little bit further apart and a little bit uh friends who are even just kind of like more of acquaintances but before we get into that, we actually have back in our studio, Molly. Yeah. So, Molly, what is your opinion on what makes a good friend? So, first off, I've had the same from my hometown. I've had the same like core group of friends, like five, four or five friends, like my whole life. And then even once I was in college, like I only had like the same three, four friends. I've always kept my circle really small. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of a side note. And I think that also speaks about a person, you know, like I just always have kept my circle really small because I just, yeah, I never like like too many friends. I feel like, cause that I think basically ultimately in a friend, it's better just keep your circle smaller. I value honesty Mm -hmm. I value loyalty right and hand in hand that obviously goes with trust and and I don't really know how that necessarily goes hand in hand with like saying that like I keep my circle small and like had the same friends my whole life but I think that you know it does go hand in hand in a way in that marriage I mean you said it you said it but like you know like also being able to pick up you know as the older you get you don't see each other as much of course so being able to pick up where you left off and um, also 
big thing when you're an artist. Yeah. You're friends with other artists more often than not. So, um, and especially as a female artist, being, I really, really, really value my few friendships I have with other female artists because, you know, I think the industry tends to, in general, paint, you know, a certain picture that like we shouldn't be rooting for one another but I feel like those are the friendships I value the most you know because I think you should want the successes that that because that motivates me when I'm like when I see my friend like you know popping off I'm like oh yeah she can do it so so can I like you know yeah, yeah of course you want people who lift you up yeah exactly and I mean not you know regardless of gender that's how I feel about any of my friends so um yeah and that was Molly on her thoughts of what makes a good friend. Now, saying my story, where it kind of starts off of where it started with my first group of friends. So when I was in middle school, I had um, a very weird group of friends. Um, they actually got me into a lot of trouble uh, growing up. So basically, um, I ran with just this crew. I mean, like we had, we had like this biker crew or whatever. Yeah, biker gang. <laughs> yeah, we, we we ride around town, and we're like cool as hell. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember we used to like try to buy the the nicest bikes. I mean, like I was broke growing up, man. I mean, like I didn't have a lot of money. Right. And I remember everybody wanted to get those um those BMX like special. Yeah, they bikes. would buy like different chains. Yeah, and stuff different like chains. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different uh stockets, uh, sprockets. Yes. Sprockets, Something whatever. Like spr- yeah and and um they had this one brand that was called animal and i remember we tried to get all those stickers all the time Mm -hmm. and order from them and they were cool but unfortunately uh they kind of got me mixed up uh with the law and like they started doing uh drugs at an early age Mm -hmm. so and you know we we grew up when we were when we were really little when we were really little like it was very innocent but as we as we got older um you know some it was a big group i would say it's about like nine of us ten of us and as time moved on you know i when i got into eighth grade i got really into music and those kids that i grew up with i mean they were like my brothers for real like mm-hmm. i grew up and you know some of them like some of them i still consider really close family so i mean like shout outs to the ones who are still close to me you guys know who you are good for you guys um, but um a lot of a lot of the other ones didn't make it you know so mm-hmm. i had uh out of that group i think i had um unfortunately some passed away yeah um others uh moved and they didn't do too good on their move uh i had some move across the state and the last time i heard about them uh they have a kid they spend uh, time in jail for like three years and obviously it shows you that why you're not friends with them anymore. yeah well i'm not <laughs> why i'm not friends and why i don't associate with them anymore but mm-hmm. it, it, it really did hurt me because those are the only people i had really growing up right and so as i move into high school i got really attached to theater and the music people and i really just love talking to everybody in high school i I think i think in high school i really just knew everybody like by name like Mm -hmm. whatever like and everybody knew me as that kid who like you know was played like in honors bands and like you know um what i did i started doing theater and choir so i was like that music kid basically i was a music nerd and then i also did marching band so (laughs) but i mean it was being it was really cool to be surrounded by you know, people who are or finally like like minded, you know, like right. not like my old friends who, I mean, more or less didn't really have my back and I had to move on. I just had to like to grow. grow out yeah. of it. So in high school, 
it was all great. You know, you have all these friends. I feel like in, in high school, like that's when you, you have the most friends. Yeah, usually. I feel like it's it's when you have the most friends and quote unquote friends. Mm-hmm. And basically, it felt real to me because you know these in in the moment you're spending so much time with p- these people. You don't people when you're in high school, you really don't realize how much time you spend with people that you wouldn't even spend time with outside, yeah, outside of when school. you when you finish. You yeah. know, like out of all the kids I graduated, you think about like. Like all the kids you used to just see in the hallway, that one kid you would like fist bump with, you know, you have your yeah, thing, the dude, and, then, yeah. and then like you know you move on and you're older and that, you wouldn't fist bump him yeah, now, you know, <laughs> you, were, you know, you, you see him in shop right or something and you're just like, oh, you kind of like try to ignore him, like what <laughs> remember when we had that one thing in high school that we used to do, <laughs> you know, it's just awkward now, you know, yeah, it's poor and kids. I'm not even talking about those friends, but. uh you know, really just having huge friends groups in high school and just watching mm-hmm. them simmer out, you know, as you move on and you grow as a person is just the realest thing. And I think uh, that's kind of what I wanted to get into is the transition from high school friends to like now. your real life friends. Right. And just giving advice based on that. So do you have like a similar story of like how it kind of started off for you in middle school and how it like we're just we're just gonna stop around like high school senior year somewhere yeah that. sure uh so growing up i didn't have that many friends i was actually uh i went to private schools until the sixth grade and uh not to get too sad or sentimental yeah, 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 but uh cool. i was i was bullied for a little mm-hmm. bit and then in the sixth grade, I stopped my bully and I beat him up and got kicked out of school. Nice. Anyway, that's nice, <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Um, so going through middle school and or going through elementary school into middle school, I wasn't I wasn't a popular kid or anything like that. And then coming to actually school where you went to school and mm-hmm. uh, I met I was with you. I, I met you maybe. I want to say like third grade when I yeah, moved, when I there. moved here. Yeah, we, I didn't like go like we we were still friends like you know like in eighth grade, but we yeah, were yeah. just like we were close. I mean like it was just different. Cause yeah, completely different because he he has his friends, and then you know, I was making my own. You know, I played sports, so I was mm-hmm. friends with the football kids and stuff like that. And um, you know, that group of friends was kind of just like we hung out, had barbecues. It felt really good. And all those kids from middle school, you went to high school with, and then in high school, like my freshman, junior, uh, freshman sophomore year. Uh, I had like a huge, huge group of friends. I was playing sports for high school. I even made more friends that like like the party, and I was like, I was like clicking with everybody. It was so great. But once like high, uh, some uh, sophomore year ended into junior, everyone just disappeared. They all changed. They all decided to do their own thing, and I was left with like maybe like a handful of close friends. And some of my friends that I met were in middle school that came to my high school and kind of just stayed my friends. You know, there was you, there was like, um, you know, like Hector, Chris and people like that. And, um, you know, some of them move now, but we still keep in touch. And it's uh, it's kind of like just a different kind of friendship. Like you said, you know, you have your really close friends and you have people that are away and um, everything really just shrunk from freshman year to senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I had like a similar experience. Well, you know what? I didn't experience the loss of friends or like the changing and other people just doing their own thing until I really left high school. Because, um, like I said, like I knew everybody and I was pretty chill with everybody. And um, like people just thought I was kind of funny in high school. So I was mm-hmm. just, I, I, I was never really got into anybody's bad side. I never really got into drama. Um, at least too much. I mean, everybody has their little things in high school. Yeah, it's high school. High school is high school. High, hashtag high school is high school. <laughs> Bringing that, that back. back. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I got to 
senior year, we, it definitely got like a, a smaller, a, basically a more condensed, huge group of people who I really just, mm-hmm. who I really fucked with, you know? And for me, like, I thought that that big group that I had was going to be forever, right? you know? And of course, everybody had their kind of tiny groups within that big group, and it's all cool. But, you know, I when I left high school, I realized a lot of those people were... You know, some were fake. Some of it was fake love. And I think if if you are friends, if you are friends with somebody and you could only be chill with them when you're in this group, I don't think that's a real that's friendship. Not a real friend. Absolutely you know? not. And that's 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 that makes a bad friendship. And some people rely on that. And I think that's it's tough because then you can't hang out with that person alone oh no i can only hang out with you when we're with these people and these people and oh mm-hmm. no this only works it's like is that even real love like what happens if you accident like you bump into them at like you know wherever mm-hmm. and you might be oh yo, chill but you wouldn't just like continue you chilling, for something else. you know yeah. like it's kind of like uh we have this whole group thing you know people always hang out in groups but you want to have like a personal relationship with each person in that group in mm-hmm. order to like in order to consider them a friend, like a good friend. And that that you know, me and you discussed this before, and I think that's very important in within the friend group to have a personal relationship with each individual. So you could hang out like me and you do hang out all the time. But mm-hmm. the, you know, I think our relationship is different because we came from the beginning to now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we known each other for like thirteen years plus. So yeah. wherever we are. You know, we, we've had moments where we haven't spoke to each other in, like, months. Yeah. yeah but we, we didn't pick up right where we left off. Yeah, I mean, so, basically, picking up from high school, you mm-hmm. know, you get into college, and for anybody who's listening to this, you know, graduating class of 2020, um, I'm not going to say you're, I mean, it's just a, it's just a fact that you are going to see the people who you used to see every day less. Yeah, that's just the that's just the fact. That's growing people, up. People go to college across the country, different state, and even if they're not, when you get in college, you don't realize how busy you get. Your yeah. first your first year of college is a little bit easier than the rest of the years of college because mm-hmm. they know you're a freshman, you're just getting into stuff. You right. know, you're still in that high school mindset, but. I really started seeing a lot of my friends less. I went to school for uh, sound engineering for music, and I was stuck, you know, practicing my instrument all the time, getting ready for recitals, mm-hmm. concerts. I didn't, I didn't even have time. And even I, when I was in a relationship in the time, I didn't even have time to see my girl at the time. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like it's just a difficult life. It's not easy, Absolutely. and especially adjusting to it. And if you have any other friends who are still in high school, they're not gonna understand. Yeah, it was I, like it was like me. Uh, I went. I'm, I'm a year older than you, mm-hmm. and I went away to school to Connecticut for my first year, and. I obviously I wasn't talking to you guys as much. I obviously didn't see you guys that much. And when I came home, it was kind of I had to divide my my weekend, my like twenty four to forty eight hours of seeing you, my girl, you know, my family. And it's kind of it it took a toll, but we learned to accept it because we were all close. Yeah, and you know there was a time where uh, I guess this this brings a perfect um, way to segue into. I think one thing that makes a good friend. Mm. So one thing that makes a good friend, and if your friend, if if your friend doesn't fit in within these qualities, it might be a sign that they're not good, that they might be toxic. Is your ability to keep developing your friendship, your relationship, no matter where you leave it, 
Mm-hmm. And when you come back, yeah, so picking up where you yeah, left picking off. up, picking up where you left off is is such an important quality because I was just talking to um a, a one friend that I have. His name is Chaz, mm-hmm. and we we're sitting in my room and we're talking. And I was telling him, you know, we don't see each other that much, but I'm okay with that. And he was telling me he wished he saw me more. And I reached out to him when all these Corona things were happening. And I was telling him, listen, I was like, every time I see you. I was like, it's great because we pick up right where we left off. We right. might have not seen each other for three months, two months. And I'm talking about talk that at all, like nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. And to be honest, those likes on Instagram, you know, that like little laughing emoji on Snapchat, that's no, not, that's not, that's that's not, not yeah. developing your relationship. That's really just kind of like maintaining what's kind of there, you know. But then a certain amount of time passes through and you're like, who is that person? Because people change and people develop. And it's funny how I was sitting with my friend Chaz and we're talking about it. And we're like, you know, every time I see you, it's a great time and it becomes a better time. I get to know more about you. I'm filled in what you've been doing with your life for the past three months. I'm so proud of you. I update update him on my life, what I'm doing. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yo, I started this podcast. He's like, great. I'll show support. I'll show love. And it's it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. That reminds me of... uh our our good friend uh, Melanie. Melanie didn't talk to like me or you for like maybe three years because she was just doing stuff at school. She uh, studied abroad and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, she hits hits us up one day and we we go to her house like old times. Her mom's making food and all that, and it, it just felt like normal and it felt like nothing ever changed. And then we were able to uh, catch up and just hang out, do all these crazy things, and it, yeah, and it, it feels it, like normal. Yeah, and it's and it's funny too because you know we we talked about like. A lot of things. Like, I mean, so many things happened in like the past three years. You know, like, yeah, yeah, we're like yeah. oh yeah, I was I was president you of a friend. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, you did that for a sorority. Oh my god, tell me more about that. And even now, when we still hang out, we're still finding out stuff New that like that, they, we did. that that they did, and and it's insane. And but that's a good friend because you could pick up where you left off. Yeah, of course. And you know, even speaking about um, maintaining relationships and trying to develop them, because sometimes it's it's harder than just like you know talking to them or even hanging out with them. Sometimes you don't even have the opportunity to hang out with them. Right. And our good friend Tyler, uh, who we've talked about on the podcast before, he's in the military. And right now he's deployed out in Guam. Mm-hmm. So, And that I, was a big change. Yeah. The last time we saw him was last year at his sister's wedding. Yeah. And we had a great time. I mean, we picked up right where we left off. As we you always know, like, do. As we always do. And we try to call him and contact contact him as as much as we can but that kid has developed so much as a person he's you know changed. he's great he's changed it and it's absolutely fantastic and i can't wait to get to re-know him again when he comes back yeah but there's a mutual understanding that he wants to and i want to and we've both made like you know an effort mm-hmm. to see and talk to each other and keep developing our relationship and it's not like he's changed completely like he's he's developed as a human and he's more mature and stuff but he still has his antics because he's still our friend we're always going to treat each other with that love of you know you guys going at each other making jokes and all that but uh you know seeing him grow mature to where he was in high school is amazing and it's great to always like like you said relearn how the person's doing every time we meet yeah so what makes a bad friend for you <sighs> what makes a bad friend i i mean someone who i can't rely on it's it's more on principle of you know i feel like i have a group of friends now that it, no matter when i could just i could always know that they'll be there if i really needed them like even if i don't have to i don't talk to them for a little bit like you know our friend miguel just moved to texas yeah and you know 
I don't talk to him as much, but I know when I hit him up, it's always going to be a genuine feeling of we miss each other. We'll be there for each other. Cause we, when he was here, you know, I, I would always show support. He would always show support to me and there's always that love. But if there's someone who's close to me or who says they're close to me, but is never there for you, I feel like it's, uh, it, they're just hindering my growth and you don't have that common connection. Yeah, I mean, what makes a bad friend for me is like, you know, similar to that, someone who you can't rely on. And also, not only that, but also a friend who's not really matching your energy. And what I mean by that, I've been I've been really into like this. Energy is very important. Like, yeah. I've, I've been very into like people's vibes, people, ener people's energies, people's auras. And for me, it's like if the person's not matching your energy for the relationship, mm -hmm. You, you can't have that you know like i've had i've had friends before who are like oh like um hey can you like drop me off like 60 bucks and like take me somewhere like i really need that blah 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 and you do that for them because they're your friend and you, yeah, know, you like, care about them but, like and and i'm actually like talking about like th at the time this was a person who was very close to me and this is like maybe like a couple of years ago so he told me, hey, can you drop off $60, you know, like, take me somewhere? I was like, oh, all right, that's, that, that's fine. So I, I take him, and I was like, yo, don't worry about the 60 I know you're struggling, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, and then nothing. No, then didn't talk to me for, like, two weeks. I was like, you know, he's doing his thing. He's probably super busy. He's struggling blah, 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 something. Struggling. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to check up on him. I text him, like, hey, you okay? He's like, yo, I'm doing great. It's not a problem, man. Like, blah, blah, blah. This. And I was like, okay. And I was like, we should we should catch up soon, like, when I'm busy, when I'm not done with school. Yeah, 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 don't worry, bro. Like, we'll go out. We'll do something. I was like, all right, man. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, like, time passes by. No hello, no nothing. I was just like, okay. I was like, I'm not going to worry about it, man. He's doing his thing. I got a call, yo, 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 Luis, I need, I need, um, I need help, man. Like, can you please just like take me here uh, and drop me off at the airport? Like I need to go see it's an emergency from family. I was like, okay, emergency, not a problem. I was going to put everything I, I have, I'm doing right now, put it down, help you again, not a problem. Cause the person was close to me. Yeah. And then after that, nothing. Um, call them. I was like, "Hey, did you get home?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got somebody else to pick me up. I didn't want to bother you. I was like, "Oh, cool. He's being considerate. Like, that's cool." Right. So then, that passes by, and then you know, my birthday passes by. No, no happy birthday. No nothing. More time passes no by. No consideration. And then I, I, I hit him up again. I'm like, "Hey, yo, you want to chill?" Blah, blah blah. He's like, "Oh, yo, I'm really busy." Blah blah blah. And then after a while, I was just like, "Damn." I was like, "It's not Why even like trying? putting energy back yeah. into me." And it's know? not it's not a bad thing to to initiate like you know oh let's let me text them and hit them up see how they're doing but after you do it for a while and you show there's no reciprocation you're kind of just like why am I still doing this yeah and I think that's a that's a big part too don't be afraid to reach out yeah. to the people who you think are important and if they don't after you reach out and they don't respond back maybe it's time to move on from that person I mean that's 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 a genuine feeling because. You want to, as you start getting older, find more and more people. Well, you want to start refining the people who you really trust. Because I don't think it's a good thing to trust. Like, I mean, unless you could trust them fully, like, a hundred people. I mean, like, that's really up to you. It's, it's usually not how it is, though. But for me, personally, I have a close inner circle who I trust with everything. Yeah. And, you know... Am I part of that inner circle? Yeah, bro. Oh, shit. Eh. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Fuck you. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, like, I've lost, I've I've had some major friend losses, you know, I've mm -hmm. lost, like, best friends who I've, 
you know, we we became best friends in high school and we, it led to college. And I, I have no hate for anybody who's no longer part of my life. Um, I think for me, it's more of a, a just a learning lesson and people develop and people grow apart. And I yeah. think that's the biggest thing you need to keep in your mind when you do have your friends is that we want things to be forever so bad. But if you see that that person is changing into something that you don't fucks with. Yeah. Or, they, you, or you just can't. You don't see that as part of your li- lifestyle anymore. Have you had like anybody in your life like that? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it happened in high school. It was like I saw this person as my best friend, quote unquote. And, you know, we did everything together. But I didn't realize that this kid was kind of going down a little uh, shaky path. So instead of me just accepting it and mo- uh, moving along with him, I decided to uh, stop. And like we have no nothing but respect. If I when I see him occasionally, you know, I'll say hi. I hope you're doing well and stuff like that. But that friendship dwindled. So it does change when you uh, when you don't feel like that connection anymore or the energy is not the same, and you move on. Yeah, and. You know, big shout out to the people who are in my life close to me now. Absolutely. Because, I mean, they've just helped me through absolutely everything. If you, so, I mean, just a couple of criterias, you know, just in general to think about. And that I think about of all the close people who are who are with me right now. All my close best friends, I could, number one, trust them with everything equally. Mm-hmm. I could all trust them equally with my life, with anything that I need. I could trust on them all equally reliably. I know that all of them feel the same way I feel about them, which is all love, all respect. I would do anything for them. They do anything for me. Um, For all of them, I don't have to worry about any of them lying to me or like not telling me the truth. Right. You know, I think that is huge. You know, and, and, and of course, you're taking a chance with anybody ever you know like with like telling lies or telling truths that's just that's just a part of life but like for me it's like i don't really have to worry about that anything if they really double crossed me guess what you know like then it's time to move on to a new friend yeah, like, why yeah, is the person lying to you, you know yeah. so but you know that's just some of the things that make them a good friend to me and that's why like it's, it's a very big thing of them being equal now i don't really believe in groups mm-hmm. i more of focus on people's individual relationships right and if the people who i'm individually cool with all fucks with each other i mean that's a blessing then it works yeah. you know and and fortunately for us i mean that we just, have that right that now. just happened to be the case which you know? is great yeah which i mean i i love the people who we fucks with now you know Absolutely. and even even we have our own i guess like a uh, what do you, what would you call it? Sides, side uh, Yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, so it's like our we have a a main group that we all mess with, and mm-hmm. then we have our like little side group that me and you mess with. You know, our mm-hmm. other friends haven't met, but like we all consider them like really close, and like they're all genuinely care about each other. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's not bad to let go of people who are just not who are not doing you good. It's gonna hurt. And it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, um, it's a uh, process. <laughs> a lot easier said than It'd done. Be, you, you would feel a little. You would feel better in the long run if you were able to get rid of that negativity in your life. Yeah, I mean for sure. And as you know, life continues. I'm still open to new friendships, new relationships. I think sometimes you're blessed with people in your life that you don't even know. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of how like I felt when I met the group of friends we're with now. 
because you were friends with them prior mm-hmm. and you know never have a, would i think that i would consider them like my closest friends and I, I i feel truly blessed to have them in my life every day and that brings us to the end of our podcast if you made it this far te quiero mucho or how they say it in mexico tequila muchas gracias to everyone listening enjoying and supporting our content make sure you follow our new instagram ao chill podcast and my social at beto underscore music and you can also follow me at flow underscore hungarian zero one and once again thank you for all listening to the ao chill podcast we'll see you next week